0: Welcome back to Do Ladies Do That. I'm Molly. I'm Becca. And we're just two lesbians who wanted to take odd discussions about LGBTQ plus media, alpha, the DMs and
1: into a podcast. This is part two of our Orange is the New Black podcast, because we just rambled on far too much. Next, we have the junkie philosopher, Nikki Nichols. Nikki! Her mother hated her from the get-go. Why would you call your daughter Nicola Nichols? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a, unfortunate name, is in it like nikki alex piper that whole group i love them i think that they're so cute and nikki is the sort of friend she's just so real like piper does something wrong piper's gonna know about and she's gonna know about it from nikki and i love that
0: she's not like afraid to like tell people what she thinks of them like tell people the truth like especially if it's someone close to her as well like Mm -hmm. she'll do it to anyone but if it's someone close to her she's always wanting to look out for them like even if that's by, like, telling them off. <laughs> like, telling them yeah. they shouldn't have done something or telling them they're really
1: fucking things off. She's a one. Nikki comes back from Max and she's an addict again. And they're in the cornfield. So they're all getting high. Like, it's funny. And it's, like, really, really funny. And then it twists straight away and Alex has admitted yeah. to killing somebody. I just love it. And I love Nikki. And I love that she's funny and serious. And, like, she officiates the prison wedding. I think
0: her humor as well, like it's very top tier. Like it's so dry and dry humor is you either get it or you don't. Like she doesn't have to make an effort to be funny.
1: If, if she wasn't in jail, I think she she'd be a stand-up comedian. We touched on it before, but I love the exploration of relationships there. You see the backstory, so it's like Nikki with her mum and the nanny and her dad, and like neither of her parents want her. And then you see her relationship in the prison with Red, who's like her chosen family. And then she has like a friendship with Boo. I think they fall out at some point. They do fall out, yeah. A lot of my favourite scenes are to do with Nikki. And one of the best ones that I've seen that when Nikki's first going through withdrawal symptoms and Red says, you have to hit rock bottom before you know which direction to go in. Welcome to the floor. And I was like, Nikki has never had anybody support her until that moment right there. I don't know if she's the best rep. I wouldn't say she's good representation because too much of her character is focused on sex.
0: Yeah, I think that might be linked back, like if you you deep it, like her addiction, she's got quite an addictive personality. She's quite competitive as well. Like I think it's all, all linked together she's got like this type of personality which just wants to be like the best of things and wants to be like on top of things no pun intended um, <laughs> so so like when it comes to sex she's sort of known as the person who like will have sex with anyone yeah I definitely wouldn't say she's good
1: representation but I think I don't think of addiction is just drugs I definitely agree because she has her little book she writes down the orgasms that she's got yeah and then she has that competition on who can get the most girls or whatever. She has that with Boo. And I love her all the same. But in terms of representation, it's not the best. But obviously, again, fiction. So can't really complain. And I still love her. That is my flaw with this show. I still love them. It's it's, it's so weird how, like, you know, just because it's...
0: But it's not... It's, it's like fiction, but, like some of it might not be you just don't know A part aren't and are real because it's fiction you just think you just accept it and think it's okay don't you it, it, it's probably not yeah i think nikki's just always trying to find their worth and she always has been because she's always looking for like why did my parents want me like why am I so like on the ball like this? So she's always trying to find a worth and something else, which leads to addiction and stuff. I think that as time went on though, they did stop focusing on the sex parts and like a lot. And I think that went to show that she was sort of finding herself rather than relying on other things to make her feel
1: good. And I think that's shown with her relationship with Morello because it goes from like really, really intense. Like season one is really, really intense. And Morello herself is a really intense character. Like very complex and leaves Nikki because she feels like she's cheating on this guy but you find out that she's not actually with the guy and the love and attention that Morello could give Nikki fulfilled her which is why she hung on to that so much and out with that I think that there was love between the two of them like they loved and cared for each other loads it was circumstantial Nikki needed it at the time that she needed it and she still loved her, like even into season seven, she adored her and cared so much for her. But at the start in season one, Nikki needed her, and then obviously, Mirella left her, Piper left Alex, and Alex and Nikki got together. Toxic. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I love them, and I love the show, which I'm going to continue to say, and you've probably heard me say about 6,000 times in a realistic world, even though I know it's not. This is not good rep. These are not good people i think with
0: morello what's hard is that i mean alongside a lot of other characters they're like mental health conditions like they're not disclosed because the prison it's very informal and very like the prison guards aren't bothered they'll call them anything they want like other people will say whatever they want they'll just call them crazy and it's like because there's no you can't really completely understand why the characters are like this so with morello She's like the most complex character for me. Like, you just don't know what it's about. Yeah, you don't know why. She was so obsessed with her, like, ex that she, like, pretended she was with him for a long time. I really wanted things to end well for her, but realistically, obviously, it just wasn't going to go that way. And I think, spoiler alert, in, in the last season, I really don't know where she'll be right now because of losing the baby. It's like how that's going to affect her on top of everything that's already affected her. It's hard to see the light for her. I
1: really like Morella though. She had, I mean, she has a soft spot in my heart, but she's one of those characters that I could just sort of be like, okay, cool. I think the focus went off her quite a lot. Yeah. In terms of who I connect with character-wise, she's not one of them. I didn't have as much of a like need or, like, obviously I wanted to know about her story, but I didn't need to know about her story because I didn't feel that connection to her character.
0: I did sort of, I didn't relate to her, but like
1: I sort of felt sorry for her. Like all the time. Like she had this like place in my heart. Yeah, see, I didn't. And I think that's where I went wrong with that character. I might do a rewatch and then I might change my mind. She probably said something to like Nikki that just really annoyed. Like see if I love a character, if somebody does them dirty, I'm like, no. Never again. So it's probably been something like that. So a big hetero hello to you. That is one of the funniest lines in the show. I think it's so funny. I didn't like Boo in season one. The situation with the dog and the screwdriver. We don't talk about the screwdriver. Really, <laughs> I've never looked at the screwdriver the same again. They really put me off. Yeah. But she's like your typical butch. And then I don't know when we see her backstory gain relationship with her parents. I love lgbt storylines that cover relationship with parents and i want to see a good one and i've not yet there's always somebody who has a problem with it <laughs> but when boo says something about her entire life she's had to hide who she is and then finishes it with i refuse to be invisible and walks away that's some shit. go off hon. her mum was dying and they wouldn't let her in because of how she dressed and who she loved. And I don't understand. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the backstories
0: are quite realistic.
1: And I think that one is
0: one, which is unfortunately like... Far too real for far too many people. Yeah, not maybe not that situation, but like oh. the parent thing, yeah. But her
1: friendship with Tucky is so nice. I love her friendship with Tucky.
0: I think you need to clarify that Tucky is been Tucky. So-
1: <laughs> Tiffany Doggett. <laughs> but yeah, they get into this friendship because Boo finds out that her commissary is coming in from a church and Boo gets like a makeover and goes and meets this guy to try and get all the money and he says some homophobic crap and she goes off. I remember being really disappointed. I obviously I watched this, say it was season two, I watched this in like 2014, 2015 whenever it came out and I remember watching her pretend to be somebody else and being like, why? But then, at the same time, me and my actual life... We're doing the same. Just to, like, fit in. Yeah. And then the whole storyline that, like, she goes on to support Doggett through everything that she then goes through. Doggett went through a lot, didn't she? Her story is heartbreaking. I hated her in season one, but see, when she got her new teeth, she got a new personality and I loved it.
0: Yeah. I feel like Boo was quite a relevant character in the first.
1: Relevant or irrelevant? She was...
0: She, she had a lot of relevance in the first couple of... <laughs> I, I realised when I said that. I that it might have come across a bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I think as time went on, you have, she was like one of the OGs. Like you have the OG sort of characters and then other characters come in and you sort of, they get pushed to the side quite a bit. Yeah. And then towards the end, obviously she... The whole situation with her and Linda was a bit of a... When you think of her and Linda, sometimes I'm like, the... the, the did boo cause all that shit because like you know was boo sort of like responsible for a lot that went down like
1: and if we take it back to representation boo especially like throughout is a lot about sex and obviously there are people in the world that are about like that's they're like that like they enjoy sex and it's a big part of their life and they talk about it and everything else but We've now got two characters who have a huge obsession with sex,
0: and I sort of say, of Orange is the New Black was like the only thing that some people watched in terms of like lesbian representation. You know, it sort of feeds on into that stereotype that like lesbians are sex obsessed. Like, you know,
1: lesbianism is about sex. Like, that yeah. is that is like this stereotype, which like it's a, it's a part of it. And do you know if your life revolves around that? Then great on you. But we've now got two lesbian characters. Who are a big part of their personality, especially in earlier seasons of Sex? Yeah, with like women's prisons,
0: some sometimes people are gay for the stay in quotation marks. Yeah, no, I've heard that. So I think it, I think it did try and like show like Ours New Black wanted to sort of show that people are gay for the stay, and then once they leave prison, they sort of they're not into women anymore. It was just sort of like a convenience thing. And like I've watched prison documentaries and stuff like. Real life people, and it is a thing, like it's always talked about. Like, you know, once they get they form these like lifelong relationships, they pop a strong relationship, and then they leave and they just never get anywhere. Yeah, so I think, in a way, even though it's not good representation, it was trying to be realistic with like these like sex is
1: quite a big thing in women's prisons. Yeah, I think it is in like life in general, like, it's quite important to a lot of people in life in general, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But it was always the same characters who but, were, like... Yeah, and obviously there's a lot a lot of gay or LGBT characters throughout this whole thing, but we now have two characters who have the same outlook on sex as just sex. And if you're watching that, you'll probably be like, oh, I have to fit in to this box and this box and this box.
0: Yeah, and it, it kind of reminds of, like, you know the toxic like lesbian stereotypes where it's, you know when you're a baby gay and stuff like that and you're expected to like sort of sleep with loads of people like it's this that's what I don't like about like sometimes like the toxicity of like yeah. the stereotypes within within the community not like from the outside you're expected to sort of sleep with loads of people quite a lot of the time I think that's kind of what it reminds me of very much the stereotypes yeah Right, can we
1: talk about Uzo? She is, is a queen. I adore her. I don't know how she does this character, but oh my god, no wonder she has won awards. Yeah.
0: I mean, I know it's the actor's job to like portray a character which isn't like themselves, yeah. but with Suzanne, she's very. She nailed it. Yeah, I think it would be difficult to portray Suzanne. Like, I can't imagine it being a very easy job.
1: I have seen a lot of films. I have seen a lot of TV shows. I do not think another person would do Suzanne justice in the way that Uzo has done it.
0: I think also because like with Suzanne, even though she's very smart, but you don't really know what she's going on about a lot of the time. Yes. So I'm just thinking, like, imagine all the lines that she would have had to learn to like portray this character as well as like focusing on like the facial expressions and the hand gestures and the movements and like the she moves her head and her eyes and stuff like that at the same mm-hmm. time and it's lots lot to sort of remember and like you know
1: master how mm-hmm. she did
0: it beyond me but yeah
1: i didn't like crazy eyes in season one and i don't think i liked crazy eyes until she said, why does everybody call me crazy eyes or something? And I felt so bad for her. But yeah, and I d- I think she had one of the like most iconic lines in the show. She throws the pie at Alex and sits down and Piper's like you're not my wife. And she's like I threw my pie for you and it's so matter-of-fact <laughs> yeah she's just yeah
0: her and maureen like i didn't
1: like that relationship whatsoever i felt bad for her then so i didn't like her in season one i was like you're coming on a bit strong that's obviously the character and then my interpretation is just like that was too much
0: we didn't find out about suzanne's like the reason she was there until late on did we yeah no was, you it, didn't until it, on. it was very late on like considering she was yeah. such an og character like yeah. it was very very late on, and you always think like it could, it was it could have been avoided so much. Like she was left alone by her sister did she go on like a a little holiday, a little holiday with a boyfriend or something? Yeah. I can't and like not not to excuse what she did because it it was not right. but she didn't realize she didn't understand and. I think that, you know, it, it just leads back to the lack of support there is. Yeah. And, like, the fact that a sister was a carer, knowing what a sister was like, like, she she shouldn't have left Left it. Much
1: like Nikki. Yeah. She just wanted to be understood. She wanted somebody to be there for her. And she just didn't understand. And then it's like, I know it's a, like, illness that hasn't been... They didn't say what was wrong. And she always... Every every single thing she does has a consequence, as for everybody. But yeah, she ha- always faces it, whether she understands it or not. Every action she takes, there's a consequence, and she has to deal with it. I always just I felt sorry for her. I think I always
0: obviously what, once I found out like what she did to end up in prison. I was I was reading up before on what I said she did. It was like kidnapping and manslaughter of Omana, which is what she did, but she didn't realise when you look at that objectively you think oh god kidnapping and manslaughter of a minor what's she done but then when you watch what happened she was trying to find a friend because she was lonely and she from what i gathered her mental age is significantly lower than her actual age so she was looking for a friend and <sighs> i just i just wish she'd gotten she was able to get the support that like she needed it's like and it's but it's so realistic like there's probably so many people in the system who've been through something like that like if they had support if the government and stuff yeah. like provided the a- adequate support like so many things would have been avoided so many families mm-hmm. would be wouldn't be affected by things and it's like it Urgh!
1: frustrates me she was like the prison wattpad wasn't she yeah like that's true <laughs> like, fan fiction Written yeah. out and going around <laughs> yeah. again fitting into the lesbian stereotype She's quite obsessive at the start. I think if we just focus on the start, because obviously later we understand a reason behind it. But if you just focus on the very start,
0: yeah, was was Maureen her only? I think Maureen was her only like relationship. I think wasn't so.
1: It? Yeah, I think
0: with Maureen, she had her own issues going on as well. Yeah, and the two like it, I think it was more than toxic. Like it was just like they shouldn't have been together. Yeah, as I was saying,
1: sticks in the trope that. They're toxic and obsessive. So then I've got Sophia Burset, who's played by Laverne Cox, who again, I love. That was the first trans rep I'd ever seen, ever. I think the same for me as well. My best friend at school was trans, and I had never seen another trans person. When they came out to me, I did like my own research, but I still hadn't seen it anywhere in the media.
0: Uh, I'm trying to think about seeing scene. No, and if you think about it, we were walk yeah, for the, the age of thirteen or fourteen, like, and that's our first sort of time seeing someone who's trans in the in the mainstream media. It's crazy to think that um, you know. There's probably other things that we could have watched that had representation, but you know, not that was really marketed at the
1: time. Yeah, again, for the show, there was a lot of heightened scenes
0: i think it must have been a very difficult role to play what i love about the show as well is that they have people who are lesbians who play lesbians people who are tran- who play trans characters when you think that you're like yes that's great but then at the same time they must struggle at some point because of like the sort of like maybe traumatic things that they have to film which they might have gone through in their lives or how that might like trigger them i, I was reading up on sophia like a character before and how Levine for like the the, the scenes her backstory yeah. she was going to play like in the end ended up being a twin brother who who played Marcus you've got to think of the mental health behind like you know some of these scenes because they are very triggering they're, they're quite tough and intense even though they're not real for the actors and actresses it's like in a sense they're so connected to this character and like mixed with their personal lives it, mu- it must affect them in some
1: ways. Yeah. The only other thing that I've got, she has an intense pride and she's really realistic. So there's some point where I think she's talking to Morello, but I could be completely wrong where she's like, humans aren't supposed to live like this. Sophia's been hurt quite a bit because her son's handed her in, but she still continues to try to be positive. And like, even the way that she deals with the transphobia in the prison, so like Morello's getting her hair cut, says something that's transphobic. And Sophia's just like, are you really going to say that when I've got a fistful of your hair in my hand? She's not horrible about it, but she's like, you've annoyed me and you know that you've annoyed her. And then she comes up with this plan that doesn't go the way that she thought it was going to go. And that causes tension. So you've got the boycott, which obviously doesn't end well. She ends up in, I think, I think she actually ends up in psych for that. Yeah. Um, which really impacts her mental health. But then you see her in season seven while she's out of prison and Piper's out of prison. And she's like, I've done my time. I'm looking forward to the future now. And I think that's so comforting to see somebody go through all that and still have a positive outlook. I can't really talk on rep for that because I'd say it's good rep, but I'm not a trans person.
0: I'd say I'm not I'm not trans either. But um, I think it would be quite triggering to see Sophia as like your first trans representation, obviously because all the transphobia and everything that she goes through. I think the realistic part is that, you know, in prisons you don't think of people being very nice to you, especially if you're different like in some way. And with well, that, that sexuality, gender identity, you know, like you, you, I think you can expect that not everyone's going to be nice to you. Like, it's, it's not, it, it is going to be a, quite a toxic environment.
1: And I'm actually sure that Sophia is based off of a true person in Piper Kerman's book. So now we have my favourite, Pussy Washington. I, I think Pussy was just like a breath of fresh air. I think she was like one of the most relatable. Although I don't know if that's the right word. I think there was a lot of realistic parts to her story. I think that there's a lot of people who face trauma and then try to cope with it and don't cope with it in the right way, especially in the LGBT community. And we see a lot of stories, this rubbish thing happened, we coped with it quite badly. We found our happiness, so for Pussy, that was so-so. And then the story ends. I wouldn't say that that storyline's a Buried the Gays trope though. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's bury Buried the Gays, it was more a real life issue. Yeah, it brought attention to injustice. It was based on a true death, it was based on um, Eric Garner in 2014 in custody at the hands of a guard. It really I had no idea that those sorts of things were going on until I watched that. I was so closed off from that world. I think it's a global thing and they tried to keep it under wraps that really opened my eyes and added loads of research into prison and justice and things like that and then obviously it's come up again this year yeah i think a
0: death was like i don't want to say warranted because i love to say, like as a character but to sort of represent a story of like someone like who unfortunately like tragically passed away under like the rule of god i think if a character was to die like like such as Pusse, I'm glad they didn't just like kill her off in a way like they did with the others, like wh- like whether it be a drug overdose or like something like that. Because obviously they're awful. But I think this was very like it sticks in your brain. Whereas with the others you might be like, Oh, I, I can't remember what happened to them but you will always remember
1: what happened to Pousset Washington. It had to be one that we cared about, the aftermath of that being the riot and the storylines of that and the grief and everything else that came along with that it helped all the other character storylines but I bet if you were to say to somebody five years from now what do you think of when you think of Orange is the New Black they'll be like or what's the saddest scene in Orange is the New Black they'd be like Pussy Washington's death," because it was so it was shocking it was I don't know I don't even know it hurt I cried for like three days it wasn't expected like it was just
0: they were all just sat there weren't they and then like it you, you weren't aware that someone's about to die like that's the thing like there wasn't any like clues really it was just like everything was happy and all that and then because it was like it was the, the guards were having this competition weren't they of like who like they could oh, I can't remember what it was but it was like how many inmates they could like sort of wind up or something yeah it was like fantasy football but but like with inmates, yeah. And like I think it goes to show that like it doesn't have to be like the fact that a god did something, it could be like the lack of doing something. Yeah. The gods could have prevented it so much and instead they didn't. It's just baffling, then obviously with everything that's gone on this year, which has gone on for years. But like, you, you might have flipped back to that scene. Honestly, yeah. I probably think about it like twice a month just for like um, like unrelated reasons. It just it's just there. It's one of those storylines that's just gonna stick. Thing think, per se, in terms of representation, good representation,
1: in my opinion. Amazing. I think the true lesbian experience is falling in love with your best friend, or thinking you're in love with your best friend, and she had that with Tasty, and yeah. it was unrequited. Tasty was like, I'm straight, like, no. Her backstory, it hit home. Yeah. Her dad works in the army. She gets promised that the transfer that she's on is her last one, so she falls in love with this girl, and the girl's dad catches them, and then makes them transfer again because the girlfriend's dad's homophobic and when Pussy confronts the girlfriend's dad about it he's like suggests that there's programs that can go and again we bring it back to parent relationships the girlfriend's dad's like there's programs that can that can help her and Pussy's dad said thanks but she's fine he was so accepting without explicitly saying and I- Oh, I just love it. Pussy says you can't live your life according to maybes, but So So says something about not knowing what to do or about get like about them getting together. And Pussy's just like maybe this changes what you thought you were. Maybe I'm going to get my heart broken in a million different pieces, but those are maybes and you can't live your life according to maybes. And I just think that that's so sweet. Imagine somebody being like I'm pretty sure I'm straight and then being like I really want to, but I don't know. And you just being like, we could try. It breaks my heart, but I love it. And I think that the two broken people, because again, I'm a hopeless romantic, the two broken people getting together and being each other's happiness. Oh, I love it. But yeah, I are mean, we talking a tiny bit about Piscotella? Is gay, but he's like, not out. He's very much closeted. Very much homophobic. Yeah, I think the storyline with him and the prisoner because obviously that's like illegal I like that he's soft with them that's a side that I didn't see the prisoner gets beaten up and he's like you're gonna survive you hear that like that's a side that I like you don't see other than that one scene I cannot stand him for being so arrogant and homophobic and I know that he hates himself but oh my god he takes out on everyone else. Yeah, it was just like, just be a decent person. Yeah. So again, I know it's TV and that's probably, well, actually, it definitely is very, very heightened for TV. But that was not good rep. Didn't enjoy that. There was the Maritza and Flaka kiss. I, I just love them so much. Everybody begged for that and that's why we got it. I don't think that would have happened if we hadn't asked for it. Honestly, I just love them so much. And when, don't even talk to me
0: about when they got separated. Like, I don't want to think about that <laughs> at all. Because Florita are just like everything to me. Daya, right.
1: I have got my issues with Daya. Um, I don't understand what Daya and Daddy was about. I don't get it. Daya needed somebody to like protect her with everything she had going on. I don't understand. I I think it's because, right, a
0: left the prison mm-hmm. and then, obviously, Alida and Daya have always had, like, a rocky relationship. Like, it started off rocky, like, you know, when they were in prison, she slapped her, like, you know, like probably, the like, first time she saw her. And then it ended up with them fighting as well. So, like, it's it's sort of, like, come, like, I should say, full circle. Yeah. And I think Alida was so annoyed at what, like, Daya had turned into. But with Daddy, I I just I don't understand what
1: what happened with that. Vicky, whose surname I can't remember, and the actress who plays McCulloch, they're together in real life and they're so cute. And they post on Instagram all the time and they sing songs and oh I love it. What did you think of McCulloch and uh, Alex? I kind of loved it, but same, we don't need to talk about same. That. <laughs> same, same. I hated I hated Piper and Zelda. I didn't I didn't I was like why why are you why are you doing that and then my other thing that's like LGBT related but not really was Healy's obsession strange obsession with lesbians. Suzanne asks to move into Piper's room and Piper's like whoa 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 I didn't ask that and he's like lesbian request denied and I'm like bro and I can't tell if he's just annoyed because they have what he can't have because he doesn't get on with his wife but that's his choice. He chose to marry a woman that didn't love him. I think I would have loved Trisha more if we'd seen more than like six episodes of her because she passed away. If I have one question for Genji Cohen, my question is where where is Bennett? Bennett? We do not find out. He disappears and do you know who else I wanted to see more of? Mm -hmm. Miss Claudette. She gets sent to Max in season one. Where is she? That's all I have to say. That's my only question is for Janji Cohen. Where's Miss Claudette? Where is Bennett? Maybe. Maybe if there's a reboot, we'll find out. In relation to straight couples, I love Fig and Caputo. And when they go to the adoption thing and that girl starts singing to them, I'm like, this is Tasty Take too. Right, Fig and Caputo are just meant to be in the most weird way. And I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think Caputo and Tasty's relationship it's so cute. is something I've always loved. Yeah. Because... Caputo's weird, but he's got a heart. Whereas Fig is just like, mm, fuck
1: fuck you all. Like, you know, just like, fuck you of yeah. Which is hot, so. <laughs> but her, that's what we've not sp- not spoken about. Her husband's gay. What? Fig's husband. She finds out he's having an affair. Oh, shit, yeah. That's mental. Um, and I know that happens in real life, so. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah anyway that's like the only street couple that i adore so i think that's all yeah
0: be sure to follow us on twitter at dldt podcast and join us on spotify where we will continuously question do ladies do that